Welcome to Behind the Spotlight, a different kind of podcast where we have real, deep conversations with entrepreneurs and celebrity visionaries who are making their potential possible. They are certainly ahead of their time and worthy of yours. So listen as I take your favorite entrepreneurs off a pedestal and onto a bar stool right next to you. In life, it all comes down to building powerful, long-lasting relationships in a thoughtful, authentic way. You know, we all see that highlight reel of successful entrepreneurs, but I want to take you behind the spotlight and show you who they were before they figured it all out. Let's explore the sometimes torturous, but always interesting paths their lives have taken. So I'm Beth, speaker, author, entrepreneur, and a magnetic business mentor. I help entrepreneurs to strategically prepare their business and gain exposure through collaboration and media so they can make their mark on the world. I'm a huge believer in the power of potential to catapult your life forward. So join me as we explore stories of some of our favorite people leveraging their past to make their potential possible on Behind the Spotlight. Vanessa, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so excited to talk to you about dough. Thank you so much for having me here. Very excited. You know, I think your story is really interesting because it really starts with you, um, your origin story, and really wanting to create financial freedom for yourself and for women around the world. But I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story. Sure. Um, so I grew up with a single mother who hustled hardcore, wow. honestly. So um, we lived in a studio apartment. Um, eventually moved to like a one bedroom where I got the bedroom and she slept on a day bed in the living room. And she worked multiple jobs, minimum wage. Eventually when I could stay home, she put herself through community college and got a job with the town and salary job and pulled herself up. But I saw how, um, just how that struggle like really impacted me. Right. And also though her just resilience and her strength and her determination and, She's always been passionate about financial independence. Like even when we were going through that, um, she she was charging things on her credit card. She was like working through budgets and making things kind of work around the edges. And that really kind of inspired me in two ways. One, that I could honestly do anything I wanted to do. She always instilled that in me no matter what. She's like, you can be whoever you want to be. And two, how important being financially independent is as a human being, um, especially as a woman. <laughs> so my fire, honestly, is instilled from her. I, you know, I want to give kudos to your mom for being not only an amazing woman, but amazing mom to be able to give you those messages because moms in other situations and being a mom myself and seeing that, like not a lot of moms tell their little girls, you know, you can really do anything or be anything, especially when they're struggling. No, exactly. And she always wanted, she always wanted to make sure I had my own opinion on things that I knew that I could do something just as well as someone next to me. Right. And that was so, I look back now and realize how important that is. I'm an aunt, I'm not a mother, but like, I always try to instill my nieces and nephews, like you can be anything, you can do anything. And it really came from both her and my father. Honestly, I was very lucky to have two super supportive parents. I'm the youngest of four and I'm the youngest by 13 years. So I also had older siblings who are also instilling this, like you can be whoever you want to be Vanessa. And they, and they really inspired me. I was the first in my family to go to college. Like, you know, they got my bachelor's and I wouldn't be here without my family, without my mother. Yeah. Well, it sounds like an amazing family in the, in the fact that you went to school um, and got a degree and now are helping other women really become financially 
stable or financially free through creative arts, I think is such a great arch arc to your story. Cause I believe you got a fine arts degree from. Yes. Yeah, Simmons college here in Boston, all women's school actually. And I have a uh, minor in fine art, and then I have a bachelor's degree in communications, graphic design, and PR. I saw that you had a, like a varied work experience because you did yeah. design, brand design, PR. So what? how did you get from being a creative to wanting to help creatives? Totally. Um, so I was always a very creative person. Um, shout out to my mom again, because when I was applying for college, I wanted, to, I was like, oh, maybe I'll go into business. Maybe I'll be a nurse. Maybe I'll do all these things. And she actually pulled out old drawings I had made. And she was like, you've always been really creative. And she saw me like designing websites on like GeoCities and Angel Fire on our dial-up connection. And she's like, you should tr- do something with this. Wow. And, um, you know, I went, I chose to go to a um, liberal arts school so that I could explore and I landed up back on design. And for me, I just always want to create um, no matter what it is. And that has actually led really nicely into me becoming a founder because founders are constantly creating, right? Um, and you're implementing your vision. And so for me, I kicked off my career doing traditional graphic design, eventually went agency side. And then I really got the, the like, I guess, entrepreneur bug when I started going into startups um, and just seeing the impact that this team can have and the products that you can build that can change um, the world. Like I worked at this one startup called Sense, which makes a little box that goes in your electrical panel and can tell you everything going on in your home. Um, it can help you reduce energy use actually by understanding how your oh, appliances so cool. are using energy. And Yeah. And that just innovation and being around just like that creative energy. Um, I honestly never thought I could be a founder myself, but honestly, to all the designers out there, like being a founder is a creative field. (laughs) And oh, yes, 100 percent. it is. You can do it. Yes. (laughs) So um, so that's that's a block you worked through. Do you know where that came from or, you know, why didn't you think you could be a designer or creative? So early on in my career, honestly, I was. I was really focused on just being able to survive financially. So it goes back to the financial independence, right? right? And I thought being a founder, being a founder is in a sense a privilege if you can dive into it full time without a salary, for instance, right? And I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I didn't have that privilege to take that jump. Um, so for me, my early career was all about building my resume, making sure I could get above a certain salary range so I could pay my student loans and um, eventually I started, actually when I started, moved into the startup world in my mid twenties, I started freelancing and that's when I realized I could side hustle to possibly enter like a full-time freelancing field. And then I realized, wait, I can actually probably build something with the amazing women and people I've met. And so I started an agency with two phenomenal women. Um, we were both, we're all working together as startup and we made an agency that was all about supporting small brands and telling their stories. And then that transitioned actually nicely into, into Doe, being able to tell and share the stories of, um, women-owned businesses. And the businesses you have on Doe, and you can visit joindoe.com, but was there a, like, what was the real catalyst? Was there a woman you met or a product you found that you really inspired you to keep moving through being able to help all these women? Cause now how many women do you have on the site? We have at this point featured over 600 brands. It's amazing, Vanessa. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so actually, I need to give a lot of credit to my co-founder, Anna, here. So um, I had actually worked with Anna for years at her, her first startup fashion project. I was actually a freelancer doing some design work and UX work for them. And we caught up over coffee one day and we both were just talking about our struggles that we had had as women founders. And she had had a really unique experience of being in the VC space and like raising capital as a woman. And the fact that only 2.7% of venture capital goes to startups that are, have, um, that are founded by women. And we started just talking and daydreaming and texting and stats. And we're like, we can change this. Like, what if we took fashion projects model and fashion project was all about um, buying secondhand clothing where half of it would go to charity. Mm -hmm. It's just like, but what if we actually took that kind of model of you spend, spending power to support women-owned businesses. So if you could create a market or if you could empower shoppers to shop directly from women-owned businesses, we could start to kick in that glass ceiling from the bottom up. Um, and that's how we got started. So honestly, in the beginning, we had no formal partnerships with anyone. It was us just finding really phenomenal brands that we loved and featuring them in a newsletter on our Instagram. And that's how we got started. It's an amazing story. Is there somebody that stands out to you or one product or woman that stands out to you when you started that helped you keep going? Because it's, it's not easy. I'm sure it's not easy now. It's easier now, but it's not easy to start and it's not easy to keep going through the first couple of years. I honestly, I don't know if I can pick one. <laughs> you can pick as many as you'd like, but just tell us some stories. I, I think more what inspired me was uncovering how many phenomenal brands are out there made by women and how many phenomenal products were being made, right? So um, Doggy Dover was one that we featured early on and they make these amazing monochromatic backpacks. Um, there's also Bloom, which makes, they're all about empowering um, both like skincare, but also um, feminine care. So in like organic tampons, but then they also have like meltdown oil, they call it to kind of deal with blemishes that you might get with that time of the month. And their branding is like so fun and empowering and being able to talk about um, periods, right? Where we usually mm -hmm. don't talk about that. Um, so like yeah, I've been seeing a lot of brands lately that have that, that, that are talking about menstrual cycles and, 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 and on, the, on the site, there's a lot of them. And I was really surprised at the different focuses on this on the same you know when I think about it you're like tampons and you know maybe something to help with the cramps but the, but the plethora of different kinds of products and lubes and lotions and stuff was really was really eye-opening I hadn't I'd never thought about it that way yeah we have one brand called the like the Nautilus they're amazing um and she sells actually like pregnancy kits and she also sells lube right and then there's also um this one woman no named Sunshine who's making period kits to, to give to like um, a girl when she first gets her period and being like, this isn't something to be scared of. Like, here's like a gift that you're entering this phase of your life. Um, so yeah, we have a range of products. I'm like, that's really nice versus, I think my mom slapped me when I, when I first oh, told no. her. Like, that's what they did. And I won't tell you in what year that was, but that, that's what they did. But you have, not only do you have periods, stuff, you have home and garden, you have lots of great food products, sex products, but what also I love about it is that you have everything categorized by mission. Yes. You know, from zero ways to, you know, giving back. I, where does that come in on the, on the story of the product, a story of, of uh, joined dough? Yeah. So we made dough, like we wanted to be woman owned, but we realized like shopping woman owned in itself is already a value, right? 
And we quickly discovered that many of these brands had multiple values. Like they would be woman-owned and eco-friendly or woman-owned and cruelty-free or woman-owned and they give back. And actually over 90% of brands on dough do have um, a value attached to them. We also have a non-Amazon value, right? Like, cause actually Amazon takes a pretty big cut from brands and actually makes them go through loopholes to sell via their warehouses on Prime. And a lot of brands, we still, we don't like punish our brands if they're on Amazon. We're like, do whatever you need to do to sell, right? If you're on Amazon, if you're on competitor sites, go and sell. We want you to succeed in any way possible. But I think there is this idea that it's almost kind of like teaching conscious consumerism, right? And like knowing what to look for. Um, and we also have our, our community send us ideas of what values they want to see on the site. Like, are we missing something? Is there something you're looking to shop and filter by? And we can add that on in. I love the interaction on both sides of it because then the, the brand feels supported and you're really helping them to grow. Um, did you, what did you see change in your business from COVID? Because you are online. I was wondering if what, you know, what, what changes happened there? Um, we actually had a huge pivot <laughs> from COVID <laughs> um, because actually end of last year, like to be totally transparent, like the consumer side was just, it was a slow burn for us. We weren't getting the amount of customers that we needed to succeed. And so we decided let's pivot into wholesale um, because we're still supporting women-owned businesses, but we're getting them like contracts and boutiques and larger big box stores. And we actually were starting to have purchase orders in place and then COVID hit and all the stores shut down and canceled their orders. And so so we, I just think about it and I can hear in your voice a little bit too. It's like all that work, all that that promise, all that, all the money. Well, so, but we took that and we kind of went back in and we're like, okay, we were already building our platform for wholesale and onboarding brands, um, which was totally new for us before we were, it was very manual to onboard a brand. And we actually built a technology where the brands can now onboard themselves and create their own storefronts in a sense, which was allowing us to grow much quicker than we were before. And so we decided, what if we tweak that brand onboard process to now have a dropship model opt-in as well. And me and Erica, who's our VP of engineering, actually went like, we disappeared for three months and worked together to build the marketplace that launched in September. That was our, that was our COVID pivot was like, okay, let's go heads down and build something we've always wanted to create, but didn't have the time or metrics to justify building. But now that COVID's hit and we don't have our wholesale plan, let's go make it and try to, you know, make this happen. And it happened to be a nice transition because before you couldn't shop on Doe. Doe was all, we were a directory pretty much. We're like, we empowered you to go shop at other sites. And we gave you almost like this buying club discount power at those sites. But now you can actually still still see the directory and listings, but now you can shop directly on Doe. And eventually you'd actually, if you're a retailer, be able to shop wholesale on Doe. So we built this entire ecosystem to support women-owned businesses. And it's beautiful, by the way. Like I want to- Thank it's, you. It's, it's navigatable. It's beautiful. The stories are beautiful. The photos are. There is one brand, um, she does Balinese, Balinese market products. And it just mm-hmm. caught my eye. I was like, let me, and you know, I definitely went down the rabbit hole and was looking at everything and made a, a favorites list and all that kind of stuff. But I think that one of the things, you know, there's, there's other sites that do similar things, but the mm-hmm. feel of your site has this, I don't know, it has this underlining warmth to it. I, I'm sure it comes from you and your, and, and your partners, but it also, I, I felt like the, 
the way it was written and the way that the people were involved was like they're they're so in on you guys and you're so in on that on the products and the and the brands to really succeed that it, you can feel it just being on the site Thank you. No, that means so much to us because like, we're definitely starting to see people kind of replicate what we've built. If you know, like when you've been around a couple of years, you're starting to see it and you're like, <laughs> oh, well, I guess like copying is like the highest form of flattery or yes, something like that. Um, but for us, like we always wanted it to be a totally transparent shopping experience. Right. So beyond knowing what's woman owned, we want you to see the founder's photo every time you're looking at a product, you know exactly who made it. You know, there's in every product page has their story, right? So you can read their stories both on the meat tab and that's more like your traditional directory or when you're shopping, you see it on their product detail page. And like, that was very integral to our store. Like we're all about storytelling. (laughs) That is who we are. Um, And we want to share all of these amazing women's stories with the world. And it comes through even on your homepage where you're, it's a, I don't remember exactly what it says, but I remember like the, the names were changing. So you were really, mm-hmm. in, really working with your brands and how that, and how that all works together. Um, what are you seeing yeah. as an impact of this on those brands being, you know, I know they're, I'm hoping that they're selling lots and lots of product, but what kind of impact have you seen? You mean just like from a sales perspective or just yeah, or, for the brands know, themselves? From the brands itself, a financial perspective, you know, are you, have you gotten the feedback that, you know, thank, thank you for allowing me to have this platform because I was able to. Yeah, we get a lot of excitement. So wh- another thing with our COVID pivot actually was that we got to connect more deeply with our founders. So before it was a very, it felt almost transactional. They were signing up. We let them know when they were live, but we didn't go beyond that, if you know what I mean. And so when COVID hit, we actually started coffee chats with them. Uh, with our founders like so bi-weekly we have like an intimate like six to eight founders on a call and we all just talked about our businesses and how we're doing and we've learned so much about like their goals for 2020 and beyond and how COVID's affected them and how we can help and so we've heard from them like thank you for building a platform just where I can connect with fellow founders um, to you know thank you for shouting us out on your Instagram, you know, like you have 20,000 followers, we currently have 500. And that means the world to us um, to, you know, to sales, like, you know, we have a our, our trending product right now, um, which is amazing. I mean, I feel like she'll sell it everywhere. Is this like boba tea kit? <laughs> you can make you can make your own boba tea at home. Um, oh, I'm going to go get right. I love that. My kids are yes. so into boba. What a great oh product. I actually, so I found her on Etsy. Her name is Mandy. She's amazing. I, I knew I loved her the instant she emailed me back at 1am and I was also <laughs> awake and I was like, oh my God, hi Mandy. I love your product. Um, Cause you know, I sent her a cold email. I'm like, Hey, I bought your product on Etsy. Absolutely love it. It's been a lifesaver during COVID. Cause I used to always order out bubble tea mm-hmm. and um, yeah. And it's just like, so she's our trending product at the moment. And so, um, so we hear just, thought, you know, it's a range of feedback from connection to sales to amplification. And it's, it really comes across. Are you seeing trends like what people are buying now versus what you were working on last year? Yeah. So actually there's still some correlation to last year. Um, like we're still seeing a lot of like getting cozy at home sales. Yeah. So be it like <laughs> candles, um, you know, candles, lingerie, um, a lot of, a lot of candles now that I'm thinking about it, actually. Candles is an easy thing to make. And, you know, honestly, one of the things that I was not expecting when I came to the site, that it wasn't all candles and, you know, handmade leather goods. There was such Mm -hmm. a plethora of different stuff. Are you seeing, like, what kind of new products are you seeing 
come through that are really that innovation that you're used to creating for yourself? Yeah. Oh my God. There's so many things. Okay. I'm going to, I know we just mentioned candles, but I'm going to mention one right now because it's a body, (laughs) it's a body butter candle. So when you heat it up, you actually use the wax after you blow it out as body butter. Um, wow, which is just I like never a heard fun, that's awesome. Yeah, it's like kind of taking the massage candle route, right, just, um, and bringing it more to like skincare. We also have these silk hair ties that are hand painted on the outside. I actually have one, right? Oh, and I also saw it on the Here. website. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So she makes these beautiful hair accessories um, and they're hand painted. Like you can feel feel it on the outside. There's another brand called Bacalia Botanicals, which is a skincare brand, but it's all about bringing her Mexican heritage and her love for her family into her brand. And so the scents in her brand, she has this cafe con leche body scrub, for instance, Uh, which I'm obsessed with. And it's all about having cafe con leche. And it's like, and she has other scents in there that are just all about her childhood and bringing back, like, you know, scent is our strongest connection to memory. I love that so much. There's so many great brands in there. The last one is this brand called Yoga Notch. She actually creates a yoga wearable where it tells you how your yoga poses are. So you wear like one on each leg, um, you wear it around your waist, and it tells you your align your body alignment. Wow. Great. Yeah, and it has a whole app. And her background is all in technology. She makes wearables for like scientific research. And she decided, what if I could bring this into yoga? And that's a really fun product as well. That's a really fun product. The innovation is great. So I'm wondering, you know, you have all these great women coming to you and you have this great platform. How are you getting the word out? Because you haven't, you've been doing this for a couple of years, but having 20,000 followers and not only do you have a nice amount of people following you, but you have great engagement and and (laughs) and you've had great coverage by media. So what's your... What's your secret to getting your word out? Secret to getting our word out, being authentic. You got to be authentic and um, live by your values, right? So, for us, um, I mean, we've also been lucky to work with stellar agencies who have helped us get those that coverage. Like right now, we're working with Sky, who connected me with you, for instance. Um, I actually worked with Sky at my first agency job back in the day, in my early twenties, and now we're both doing our own things. It's great to be able to work together. But I mean, for us, it's all about collaboration over competition too. So we are all about partnering with what traditionally would be seen as competitors in our space, right? But we can amplify each other's movements, and we bring that back to our brands as well. Like when we launch brands on Doe, we send an email and we're like, hey, you're launching with these fellow 12 brands on Doe today. Here's their Instagram handles. We're going to be shouting it out, reshare. And they all share and follow each other. And, you know, and you, you might have two skincare companies in that batch, for instance, that are traditionally be competitors. And they're like, let's shout each other out. We have the same audience. Why can't we share audiences together? And I feel like that's been our secret sauce. <laughs> It says so much, Vanessa, about who you are and what's important to you and what the values of the company are. Like, do you have, like, what is, what are the company values? Um, So number one is transparency. um, And that comes down to storytelling. That comes down to sharing the photo of the founder to the values. But it goes beyond what's on our site. It also goes that we have transparent pay. within our salary. So each of us knows what each other makes and our equity in the company. Um, We even have that scale on our website that you can go find and see how we made it. Um, 
Beyond that, we also are transparent with our team on our runway. And when we're out of money as a company, which is always a thing as a business, you have a <laughs> runway, you know your financial model, and everybody knows exactly where Joe stands. Um, so number one is definitely transparency. Number two is that collaboration over competition um, and amplifying each other like we are stronger together. Yes. Um, so those yes, are our two yes. major values. <laughs> I love that. And I, it, I love that. And it really says so much to who you are and what your soul is. So if I have a friend that has a great brand and women-owned brand, how do they get in touch with you? What can they do? Yes, you can go to um, joindoe.com slash sell on dough. Um, and we have a whole page there describing like how to become a part of our brand community. We're currently taking applications for um, winter of 2021, January, February. Um, and we do applications on kind of like a quarterly basis right now because we actually have I want to say over a hundred applications and brands in the queue to review right now. So we have to do it on that <laughs> rounding basis. Yeah. That's amazing. So what's in store for Join Doe in 2021? Yeah. So our plan for 2021 is twofold. So one is we want to expand our um, partnerships, like our corporate partnerships. Um, so we're really excited to announce some of those soon. Um, the one that I can share is that we're doing curated gift guides with um fellow women empowerment communities for instance one that is happening is built by girls is making a gift guide that they're sharing on dough um, and some of those proceeds will actually go back into a woman-owned grant so we're going to be kicking off a woman-owned grant on dough as well so that you're not only shopping from businesses but your dollars shopping from certain areas on dough funnel back directly into a fund that will be a grant for women-owned businesses on dough um, which is really exciting <laughs> That's amazingly exciting. I think it really is. Vanessa, I think you're really inspiring and really interesting. I'd love to learn a little bit more about where that fire comes from and what your what your plans are for yourself for the next five years. You know, what's in store for Vanessa? What's Vanessa going to be doing? What am I going to be doing? Oh my God, this is such a hard question for me because I am I am in such a like workaholic and then family-centric person. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm trying personally for myself, I would love to, I want to empower more women in my network. So be it through mentorship or advising, like that is something I really want to continue to do. Because one thing I've realized on the coffee is just being able to talk one-on-one -on -one with founders really fuels me. And I'd love to continue to be able to advise <laughs> just based on like what we've learned at Doe, what I've learned in my career, um, and what we've learned from each other. Um, so that's something I would love to continue to do. And I mean, personally, for me, this is such a hard question to answer. I don't know why it is. It's just like, I, I'm a very rooted in Boston person. Like I literally go and play Kino with my grandmother every two Aww, weeks and like go that. do yoga with my mom who lives 10 minutes away. And we live above my pseudo grandparents, Nani and Pops. And like, I just, for me, if I can just continue to balance supporting fellow women-owned businesses and family, that's the most important part to me. Because I think for me, another reason why I thought I couldn't be an entrepreneur is because of how family-centric I actually am. Um, and without being a mother currently, right? Like I, I do actually, I want to be a mother in the coming years as well. Um, but for me, I really, I heard, I heard feedback that you're too nice one, is one thing, which is separate. And another is you're too rooted in family to be like an entrepreneur. Um, and that was before I started Doe. And I've learned that that's actually my strength. 
Yeah. Being able to have that amazing family behind me every step of the way. (laughs) And I want to continue to make sure to have them. Like during COVID, I've actually, one of the things I've been treasuring is um, we have this shared deck. I live in a multi-generational home um, across three apartments. So bear with me for a second. My, I call them nanny and pops live below me. They're actually my sister's mother and father-in-law who I've known since I was five years old. I've I've always celebrated Christmas with them. My husband and I moved into the apartment above them 10 years ago and my, um, their granddaughter, Jessica, who I call my cousin, lives next door, and she actually has a little one, Owen, now, and we all hang on the deck when it's nice out, and I just, being able to take that break, um, and, you know, give myself that grace to take a break as a founder is just so, it fuels me, and I realize I'm going on tangents here. I go on tangents, so feel free to cut me off. No, no, not point. No, 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 I honestly, I really agree. Like, I live less than a mile from my parents and my in-laws, and I live you know, 10 minutes from my brother and 10 minutes from my husband's siblings. You know, I, we all live very close <laughs> together. And like when you, when you were speaking, what I was thinking about was like having that t- such a broad support system and being able to play with a little boy and being able mm-hmm. to have conversations with an older man and woman about business and life. I think that's really gives you more fuel and information and perspective than anything else. I, I, I always feel like it was that a, a man that told you you couldn't do it. It was actually a woman who told me. That's really yeah. sad. Who Somebody told her she couldn't do it with a family. You know, on the other hand, I, I struggle sometimes with that because there aren't a lot of women out there who are out in the public, you know, doing things that we're doing that have kids, that have teenagers, like I have teenagers that have teenagers. There's not that example. I don't think there's an example for you. And I hope to, I, I hope I am an example for other women coming up. Like you can do all this and still have kids, but to see that woman that might have two little kids and it, you know, is on their third founding of company. But I feel like we don't talk about that part enough. You know, like we all cry in the bathroom. Like I'm sure every, I can't imagine if you're an entrepreneur and haven't cried in the bathroom, then we need to have a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Shower for sure. Exactly. (laughs) No, you speak to that. And like, I, I mean, I'm lucky. I I have had some role models who have said it where they have had children. And I, I think that's amazing that you have teenagers and you're in your third business. That's, that's phenomenal. I actually saw a tweet the other day, actually Sky shared it. And it was about, we need to ta- also talk about women. Women have families, even if they're not mothers yet. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, oh, yeah. for me, that, that hit home with me because like, I am one of the caretakers for my 88 year old grandmother, for instance. And um, my mom, my mom lives alone. And I also want to make sure she feels nourished and has social interaction. And I have six nieces and nephews. I'm the youngest of four siblings. Like I have a huge family and they mean the world to me. And I, I will drop anything for a lot of them, like to go to my nephew's um, play or dance recital, yes. you know? So it's important. I think it really is. And I think giving yourself the grace or the time to stop and say, Hey, be showing up for him when he's, you know, his first grade play, that's really important because that gives him that knowledge that I will be here for him. Totally. You know, I'm not sure he understands what you do yet, but he <laughs> will. And, you know, and he knows you work on your computer. You know, he knows you do all that kind of stuff. But I think have like having those responsibilities and and do you share that with your audience that that's how grounded you are for your in your in your own life? I'm starting to. So I, it's funny because I am naturally an overshare if I am talking to you in person (laughs) if you can't tell like I'm very like I will tell you everything but online I have definitely shielded some parts of my life like I have a private Instagram my private Facebook Twitter I'm starting to tweet a little more um but I'm realizing I think I always didn't realize that I had a story to share 
and I'm starting to realize my story does have meaning and I, I can oh, yeah. share it and that's okay. It's not, it's not selfish to share it. <laughs> um, and that's not been a barrier for me to overcome for sure. Well, I hope I can be part of that barrier, uh, overcoming that barrier, because <laughs> to me, you know, sharing your story of single mom, you know, studio apartment, understanding that you wanted to have financial freedom and being the first one in college and then creating this path to now you're helping other women do the same. Like Vanessa, that's every morning television show. That's every freaking magazine. That's Women's Day. That's Good Housekeeping. That's Cosmo. Like that's Vogue. Like honestly, that's a story that can be in every media platform out there. We'll have to talk to Sky about it. But seriously, like I think not your, what do you do? supports and inspires so many women if they just knew like how hard you had to work and how much you had to push yourself and how much your mom had to probably like swallow everything to give you what you needed or and to give you that message that could take you to today that's a, like you're I don't think you're allowing the world to see how amazing you really are and I want to challenge you to really allow them to see it because sharing that story like I honestly to me you're so much more now like I was like oh, who's this it's amazing, you know, young women's created this thing, but like, I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to struggle like that. And I didn't have to create that and worry about that growing up. And, and, and I still went to college and did all that stuff, but I didn't do it as the first. I didn't do it with not, without having that plan set for me and also having three older siblings that didn't and that you did. Like there's so many pieces, Vanessa, you are amazing. I am so, I honestly, I'm really honored to know you. And I feel like, I think the same way you do, like when I interact with people, I like to bring them into my community. Like now you're part of my family too. And I'm just, I'm proud to know you and I'm proud of what you created for yourself. You're amazing. Thank you. That means that, that means a lot. I'm really bad saying compliments, but that means a lot. Thank you. I was too. I think that comes with age, to be honest. Now I'm like, please tell me how great I am. So it's a little different, but anyway, Vanessa, thank you so much for coming. Um, please tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. So you can find Doe at joindoe.com and you can find us on Instagram at joindoe. Thank you so much, Vanessa. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me this week on Behind the Spotlight. Make sure to subscribe so you'll never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, I'd love a rating on iTunes or simply tell a friend about it. And that would help me out too. But if you like the show and you want to check out more, look me up at BethNydick.com. Plus, now I'm offering private 90-minute intensive strategy sessions. You might want to get in on that, too. Be sure to tune in next week for the next episode of Behind the Spotlight.